Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Cam Moon and Cody Jansen this afternoon here on Oilers Now, 134, almost 135 in Edmonton. Go to our Oilers Now headliner, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. And we got former Edmonton Oiler. Former Tri-City American, an all-around great guy, Sean Bell joining us. Sean, how are you? <laughs> Mooner, thanks for having me on. I'm doing fantastic. Now, let's get uh, the listeners up to speed with uh, with what you're doing now. Because I, I know you've coached in a few different places, but now is it uh, OHA Edmonton and helping out with the Spruce Grove Saints? Is that correct? Um, before I get into that, I just want to really – I really want to – just thank you guys for being uh obviously calling me a little bit earlier i was on uh i was on with gazzoli yesterday for uh for the world junior thing and and i decided to try to be a bit of a professional by showing up you know like five ten minutes early and this guy comes strutting in 10 minutes late not a care in the world so i just really want to thank you for that part <laughs> if nothing i can be on time <laughs> That's it. That's all I got, Belzy. That's all I got. Exactly. Uh, to answer your question, uh, yeah, I was with uh, I was with the Spruce Grove Saints last year. Um, I also coached in the HSL with uh, with one of their academy teams, um, Spruce Grove Hockey Academy. Um, it was a pretty pretty successful year for the most part. Uh, unfortunately, with both teams that I coached, uh, ended up losing in the finals, um, which sucks. But uh, you know, it, it was uh, it was a fun season. Kids were kind of got what they they bargained for. Um, they some of them were able to get drafted. Um, they've kind of moved on to different spots, and they're they're putting themselves in pretty good positions to to kind of move up the hockey world. And then on the Spruce Grove Saints side, uh, you know, we lost uh, a tough series to Brooks. Um, Brooks is just an absolute powerhouse. Um, 
that was kind of my first experience with them in probably you know five or six years and you know it's they're the real deal they just they find players that you know from Ontario or you know down in the states that nobody's really heard of and they come here and they just light the league on fire so while the uh, the end result what is wasn't what we wanted uh, still pretty successful seasons Sean Bell is our guest Sean like when you were getting near the end uh, of your pro career uh, your last season was 2014-15 uh, when you were in in Germany in the DEL did did coaching like was that part of something you wanted to be involved in or or did you just happen into it uh I think a little bit of both like I, I'd always kind of wanted to get into it um almost every summer that uh, or i guess off season um after my junior year i'd always go back to vimy ridge and and try to help out there um so i had always a little bit of a passion for it and then actually when i played my last year in dusseldorf uh, germany um i just started diving into a little bit more of it and you know i'd start to help the coaches with you know different pk stuff different power play stuff and um I started to really enjoy that, and then when I retired, I, I ended up meeting Tim Fraggle, who was also working at uh, Vimy Ridge at the time, and asked him if I could join his staff in Sherd Park, and you know the rest is kind of history. And then did you go with Tim to Nate? Because I know you were at Nate. Were you with uh, with him there? Yeah, I was there for uh, for three years, and then unfortunately, uh, you know how the academic side of the, the world works. There's budget cuts, and um, my role was kind of a luxury at the time at Nate, and, and not many other schools had that, uh, a full-time assistant coach. So um, to kind of correct the the uh, the program and the organization and, and save some money, they, they ended up cutting my role pretty significantly. Sean Bell, our guest, and yeah, great. To, um, it's great to see you involved in the game and and imparting that wisdom that you have uh, on to on today's youth. That's that's incredible. I I remember watching you in the WHL with the Tri City Americans, and if you weren't the best skater in the Western Hockey League, you were in the conversation of the top two. So uh, when, it, when it comes to that. How much? Uh, how much of the uh, of the the teaching of the uh, of the skating do you do? Well, I try to leave that to experts because if you were to watch me skate now, you'd be like, you'd question if I ever played hockey. Um, you know, so for the most part, I try to leave that to, you know, the Brittany Millers of the world, the Vanessa Hettingers of the world, David Pelches of the world. Uh, you know, they're the experts. Uh, for me, I just try to, to focus on, on some of the skills, um, some stuff that guys aren't necessarily always working on. You know, everybody kind of likes those uh you know, quote unquote, sexy skills where like there's these new terms like jab steps and all this kind of stuff uh, in the hockey world. But, you know, for me, it's, you know, there's there's skills in the game that uh, aren't always practiced, whether it's picking up rimmed pucks off the wall. Um, that's a skill that not a lot of kids are, are, are using these days or at least have. And um, so it's a lot more game applicable skills, what I'm I'm trying to do with my kids. All right. Uh, Sean Bell is our guest. You were the World Juniors going on right now here in Edmonton, Canada, playing this afternoon in the semifinals uh, against uh, the Czechs. 
you were part of a gold medal championship and uh, I had said earlier in the show I, for my money, I, I think that was the best Team Canada we, we ever put out there. There's been some real good ones over the years, but that 05 team was was crazy. I was I was just looking at, and I'm talking only from the WHL, the defensemen on that team. There was yourself, there was Cam Barker, there was Braden Coburn, there was Brent Seabrook, there was Dion Phaneuf. That's just from the Western League. Uh, and I know the NHL wasn't playing, so you you had access to all the players, and, and you guys win six one in that gold medal final against uh, Russia. Really, the only close game of the whole thing was was the semifinal uh, against what was then called the Czech Republic. Uh, when you think back to that, uh, Sean, like what an amazing time, what an amazing team. Uh, what was it like going through that experience? Yeah, like you mentioned, it was uh, it was definitely amazing. But I, I think the thing that you know for us that we that we did is we were we we're pretty the core of us were pretty upset because we didn't really feel like we should have lost the year before. Now, obviously, if you if you kind of rewind back to that '04 year, uh, that's the year that. You know, Flurry tries to clear the puck. It goes off of Coburn's face and then goes in the net, and that's a game winner. So we're all pretty upset about that. Uh, you know, internally, the core group of uh, the 18-year-olds at the time kind of, we all played together. We all played against each other, basically kind of growing up. So everybody was, was fairly close, and we just said we're not going to go through that again, and we're going to make sure that uh, – you know, we dominate the tournament. And then, obviously, when you add Shea Weber and Patrice Bergeron and Corey Perry, uh, guys like that to your roster, um, obviously, those are some serious upgrades. Uh, so, you know, we went in with a mentality of, you know, it's it's gold or bust, and everybody was just super focused. There wasn't – nothing was really said to us about how we needed to play. Everybody kind of just knew, like – we had a good hockey team, and we were going to just try to steamroll basically everybody. And then, you know, when we won, um, it's like it's a surreal moment because um, you had, I think it was like 15 or 16,000 fans absolutely going bananas. And, you know, they're dressed in flags. They're all dressed in red and white. And, you know, it's it's funny the stuff that you remember. And we all got these, like, commemorative uh, DVDs from our time. And one of the funniest things that you can possibly remember is like we have this pile, this pile up uh, after we win. And Anthony Stewart's the last guy on the pile, and he jumps on top of the pile, and he literally just rolls off the pile, and he ends up kind of like on the goal line by himself. He kind of gets up and realizes he's nowhere near anybody, and then he has to get up and then obviously go back into the pile. So uh, it's just a really, really fun time, and obviously when you're winning, uh, winning that championship, it's, uh, it's a memorable moment. Sean Bell, our guest, and uh, on the Ashley Fine Flores text line. Randy, you're right. I didn't even mention Shea Weber. Shea Weber was also a, another WHL defenseman on that team. Uh, that, yeah, 2005 gold medal. It, you're right. It wasn't played in Canada, 
but I'm sure it felt that way. You were in uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. You had uh, so many Canadians uh, driving, whether from Manitoba or beyond, to come watch. And and certainly with Canada in the final, there was it was a very uh, very Canadian friendly atmosphere in that final. Now, I believe you guys had your training camp in Manitoba before you went there. When that team got together, and and you had a lot of holdovers from '04. Uh, guys that were 18, like yourself, in that tournament, and then and then at 19, like it had to be like when you were getting together and and having your camp, you had to know going in, Sean, that uh, this this was a pretty special group, and knowing that you had all the guys that probably would have been in the NHL too. Yeah, I mean, you know, not a lot of us from the Western League had heard of, heard of uh, Patrice Bergeron at the time. We knew that you know he'd played in the NHL, but when you're in the different leagues, you know, whether it's the O, the Q, or the Dub, like, you don't really get to know all the different players, but he shows up the first day of camp, and, and like, everybody's kind of, like, looking at each other and being like, who is this guy right now? Because he was lights out. Um, you know, obviously, when you make the, the NHL as, a, as an 18-year-old or 19-year-old, like, that's pretty impressive, but you know, just like I said, adding Patrice Bergeron, Corey Perry was our 13th forward, uh, and then Jeremy Carlton actually got injured, and Corey goes from being the 13th forward to, you know, starring on the top line with Bergeron and Crosby so like you know we just we had a star-studded lineup we had guys that you know were putting up ex- extraordinary numbers in in the WHL or or the OHL and the crazy part of the whole thing is like uh, I was telling Tom this yesterday is that Nathan Horton who uh, was a stud at the time ended up fighting uh, Anthony Stewart probably two or three weeks before and he ended up breaking his orbital bone um, so he wasn't even available for the tournament. Um, so that would have been another player that we could have added. Uh, Ryan Stone and Eric Fair were leading the entire CHL in scoring at the time, uh, and they didn't even make the team. So, like, there was some serious talent that was still around the league, uh, around the leagues, rather, um, that could have been added, and maybe even that team could have been even scarier. Oh, yeah, that's... And it speaks to the depth of of Canada. Sean Bell is our guest. You look at this year's team; they've they've got nine players that were with them uh, during the holiday season that aren't with them now. And Canada is still doing very well with the uh, I, I would say a little bit of a a younger squad than they had uh, earlier. So it, it totally goes towards exactly what you're saying, uh, Sean. When you were and you had him the year before, but uh, even even this season, this, that 2005 year, uh, having Sidney Crosby there, could you? I'm sure you could tell then that this guy was going to be an absolute superstar. Oh, 100 uh, percent. We we went to that. If you go back to that 04 tournament, he scored a goal from basically the goal line, and it was like short side shelf, and the whole bench just looked at each other, and and that's like kind of the time we were like, this kid's a real deal, and. He walked into that 05 tournament and just completely dominated it. Yeah, and not surprising. Not surprising. He's. Uh, have you been able to watch any of uh, the World Juniors so far this year? 
Uh, I was able to actually make it out to the game against Finland. Uh, the company that I work for had a, had a suite there, so I was able to watch about two periods. And then, uh, you know, Kelly Buckberger and Craig McTavish came in, and then uh, the viewing kind of stopped, and it was just uh, all about kind of mingling and reminiscing about some of the times. Uh, you know, myself and Bucky were, were in Tri-City together for, for a training camp, so we were just, uh, you know, kind of talking about those things. I love it. Well, uh, Sean, thank you for doing this and uh, and continue to uh, mold today's youth in the uh, game of hockey. I'll certainly try. Thank you so much. All right. Sean Bell, former uh, Edmonton Oiler, former Team Canada gold medal winner. And uh, great to have him on. Our Oilers Now headliner brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Okay. It's 1.49 in Edmonton. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we've got Brendan Escott. We are going to set up this Edmonton Elks football game as they play in Ottawa tonight. We'll be right back. This is Oilers Now on 6.30. Chad. we got Cam Moon and Cody Jansen with you this afternoon. Royal Pizzas, pizza, pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. For a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations, go online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Good to catch up with former oiler Sean Bell. Played in Tri-Cities, went on to a pro career for a long time. Always good to talk to him. Now coaching, and uh, good to hear the stories from the 2005 World Junior Championships, one of the best Team Canadas that uh, have ever hit the ice at the World Juniors. Well, we're going to make a little little shift here, bring in Brendan Escott, who is, uh, he's, got, he's, he's got the countdown to kickoff at 3.30 today, so we're, we're getting close to it. Love those early starts as uh, they take on the Ottawa Red Blacks after a disappointing loss to the uh, riders last week i was there i thought it was a winnable game but anyway we move ahead we move ahead escott your thoughts going into this one there have been a few of those games winnable along the way and yet it just hasn't materialized except for when they head out eats they're two and oh yeah so i guess it's time to make a little bit of hay because the sun appears to be shining upon the elks finally it's obviously a critical um, juncture in the season cam um you don't win these two games i don't think you have a sniff at a playoff spot and right now that's looking pretty bleak uh, from thirty thousand feet but Ottawa one and seven on the year they have been abysmal on home field for the last couple of seasons uh, just one win in their last 19 efforts at TD place so you look at that and you think okay well at least on paper this is probably the most winnable game that the Elks have had all season long it's going to be about getting that complete effort though I'm not sure that we've seen that out of them this year and maybe shore up a few of those penalties in the second half that we saw last game. That There were some real critical ones in there, wasn't there? Yeah, just and penalties at the wrong yeah. times of games. Like, there's there was a lack of discipline, a wholesale lack of discipline in that Saskatchewan game. But to have an interception taken off the board and the next play then end up in the end zone against you, you know, it's just the kind of thing that 
zaps momentum from a team that hasn't been able to generate a whole lot of it. So when you see last week and you see Nafis Lyon come up with that big interception and and then it get negated by a huge pass interference call, you're just you're 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 face palming a little bit. So it's a matter right now, I think, for Edmonton of trying to get out of their own way. They've got talented pieces on this team. I'd love to see them figure out how to run the ball with a lot more efficiency than they have. And Taylor Cornelius was a part of that last week. So we'll see if that trend continues as well. Yeah, he he seems to be improving as it goes along. Certainly ran the ball very well last week when uh, opportunity arose. In fact, I thought that was one of the offensive threats that the the team had. What are you seeing out of him over the course of this season? Well, the talent that everybody talked about being there last year as a first-year player, it's been able to shine, I think. And while there's been game situations recently that have made him you know look like a guy who still has a way to go before he's a bona fide starter in this league he also anytime you watch him zap the ball in there to the receivers understand why coaches salivate over his arm talent so now you see a guy that that throws the ball that way cam who's also 65 230 pounds and can flash a little bit of of running outside of the tackles as well he was breaking them off out and toward the boundaries so if he can put that together you know and then eliminate the the error at the critical time suddenly you've got a quarterback What's coming up on your uh, countdown to kickoff? Who you got on tap? We are going to check in. Uh, of course, we'll have uh, David Morley there out east calling the game. Blake Dermont will be the inside the game analyst, as always. And then A.J. Jakobic, who's the, uh, I believe he's the color analyst out there on TSN 1200. Uh, play-by-play. Play-by-play. Yes. There you go. So uh, we uh, will chat with him as well. He's the pride of St. Albert. So I <laughs> love it. Okay, thank you. Thank, thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, Munner. Brendan Escott uh, is getting set for that countdown to kick off. That's at uh, 3.30. All right, this day in Oilers history, on this day in 1982... Cody, what do you got? Well, after three seasons in orange and blue, the Oilers trade defenseman Risto Silton into Hartford for Kenny Lintzman and Don Knockbauer. Lintzman spent two seasons in Edmonton, scoring 75, then 67 points, while Knockbauer played just four games with the Oilers. All right. Uh, this day in Oilers history. Well, tonight on 6.30, Chad, it's the Elks at the Red Blacks, live from TD Place Stadium in Ottawa. That countdown to kickoff show, Brendan Escott getting it all set. That's at 3.30, 5 o'clock is the game time. Bob Stoffer will be back in this chair taking care of this show on Monday. Uh, up next, a global news, weather and traffic update with Rhea LaHoo, followed by Angela Cocott from 2 to 3. Then 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Thanks for having me today. Looking forward to Canada and Czechia coming up. Thanks very much. It's Cam Moon on Oilers Now on 6.30 Chet.